over the last few weeks, uh, we've been praying for something different out of the guide that we have for our Eliza Broadus offering. If you want one of these guides, there's many out here in the lobby. But during this season, um, our church takes up an offering called the Eliza Broadus Offering uh, for State Missions. Uh, our church goal is 1800 If you'd like to give to that, it's, it's not too late. Um, there are envelopes. Um, out there also um, in the lobby. But along with that, we have a season of prayer. And today what I'd like us to pray for is something called crossover. And that is an evangelistic effort that Kentucky Baptists do every year along with our annual meeting, which is coming up here in Bowling Green in about a month. Um, And as we pray for this, as we pray for the communities in Bowling Green to be reached with the gospel. Let's pray for our own community um, to be reached uh, for the gospel. Uh, We're um, seeking to minister to our community um, using an outreach this Christmas season um, called Affordable Christmas. Um, And we'll talk more about that later on. Um, But it is a way to show the love of Christ and then also to share the love of Christ. And really when you think about it every single day, God has commissioned us as missionaries to tell people about Jesus. So let's ask God for boldness also in prayer um, for us um, to to step out and to share Christ just in our everyday lives. Um, What Christians are going to be doing with this crossover event is really what we should be doing every day in our own community. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And, and let's first ask for help with um, this crossover ministry that they're going to be doing um, about a month from now in Bowling Green, um, that God would open up hearts and give opportunity for conversation about Jesus and, and lives would be truly changed. Pray for that. And then pray for for our community. Pray for us and other churches that we would see ourselves as witnesses uh, to Christ. And and we'd be willing um, to open up our mouths to talk to others about Jesus uh, right here where we're at. And that God would use things like the Affordable Christmas Ministry um, for us to share about him to others.
Father, thank you that you use small things. You use small conversations. Um, you use everyday circumstances um, to use us to tell other people about you. And I, I pray that you would just widen our vision about sharing about Christ and, and you would help us to see the opportunities um, that you give us every single day. And I pray, Lord, that you would open up those opportunities. And I pray that when we would recognize those opportunities, I pray that we would step through boldly and be willing to minister to somebody in the name of Christ and to tell them about Jesus um, in the name of Christ with, with love on our hearts. Use different ministries that we have uh, for that purpose. Um, use this outreach that's going to be happening uh, through Kentucky Baptists um, in about a month, the crossover. Lord, I pray that many people in the Bowling Green area come to a saving knowledge of the truth of, of Jesus Christ. And I pray that this morning his name is lifted up um, as we open up your holy word. Lord, help us to see Jesus um, like we've never seen him before. Help us to long to be near him. Help us to long um, to know him more and to live our lives more for him. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Uh, you all know that I'm, I'm something of a, a history buff. And one of the leading figures of our time is Queen Elizabeth II, who just died last, last month. And after she died, um, I decided that I'd listen to an audiobook biography about her life. And I was listening to the introduction, and I found an interesting story that happened uh, with her. Um, so they were uh, setting up for some type of royal dinner where there would be dignitaries um, coming um, to eat um, at Buckingham Palace with her, probably other representatives of the royal family. And of course, at a dinner like this, they're only going to serve the best and they're only going to use the best dishes to serve the dinner. So some of the staff had an idea that they approached the queen about. And the idea was to do away with the traditional gold plates that they had used probably for centuries to serve the food on. Because they noticed that the food sitting out on these gold plates would just get cold pretty quick. Her response, I thought, was, was really creative. And it really kind of accentuated the reason for this type of dinner anyways. It, it, it wasn't just for entertainment. Um, it, it wasn't just so people could have a, a good experience. Um, it wasn't for customer service. It was really to represent the, the British people. That, that's really what the crown is for. Uh, doesn't have any real power in England. It, it's to represent the king or the queen. It's to represent uh, the British people. And Queen Elizabeth always remembered that. So when these staff members came and approached her about doing away with these golden plates, her response was, people don't come here to eat hot food. They come here to eat on gold plates. And I thought that was so creative and is just a reminder, really, what I was thinking about, how this connects 
with what we're talking about today, about how we treat Jesus Christ, our true king. The staff viewed this dinner really as just a means to an end. They had started to think about this in terms of, well, let's just have a good dinner for these guests to have a great experience. And they weren't thinking about the deeper message that they were, they were sending by wanting to do away with these gold plates. And how often do we treat Jesus Christ not as the end, but as just the means where we just want a good experience in our life rather than remembering that he is the end. He, he is the goal of everything. So sometimes the way that we treat Jesus is, is kind of like this. We, we want better, better values and, and morals. So we come to church, we, we come to Jesus saying, improve me, Lord. I want better values and, and morals, or I want to know some structure and, and habits for my life to live a better life, my, my best life, or how can my family be the best that, that I can be? And we find that in the Bible. We, we find that coming to church. Now, what's wrong with that, wanting values and, and wanting to be our best and, and wanting structure? Nothing except for if that's all that we want, we've turned Jesus in just to the means to get what we want rather than the end, rather than the goal of everything our life and Jesus refuses to be just the means to our goals to our wants he has to be our everything so this morning we're going to start a new sermon series about that about who Jesus really is sermon series is called the seven Jesus in his own words in the gospel of John Jesus gives seven statements about who he really is. All of these statements start with the words, I am. He, he identifies himself. This morning, we're going to learn how Jesus is the bread of life. I am the bread of life. If you have your Bible, I invite you to turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 6, and we're going to be focusing on verses 22 to 35, though we'll talk a little bit more about the rest of the chapter as well. John chapter 6, verses 22 down to verse 35. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw there had been only one boat. There they also saw that Jesus had not boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone, gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. 
When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. What can we do to perform the works of God, they asked. Jesus replied, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. What sign then are you going to do so that we may believe, so that we may see and believe you, they ask. What are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. This is God's holy word. So let's set the scene about when Jesus said this, that I'm the bread of life, and, and why Jesus said this. So Jesus was on the other side of the lake. He was on the other side of Tiberias, or the, the Sea of, of Galilee, as it was called. He was on the opposite side of where his kind of home region was, uh, around in and around Capernaum. So he was outside of kind of his home region, and he was serving people, and he was ministering to people, and he was providing miraculous healings um, to, to love the people that were there. And great crowds were following him, and they were becoming more and more curious about who this was. It was around the, the Passover. So it, it was in that season of, of Passover and anticipation for the Jewish people of remembering the Exodus and how God passed over Israel and, and punished the Egyptians with the plagues and how, how God had redeemed them and, and set them free from captivity. So, so food was on their mind. And not only that, they were just out there in the middle of nowhere in a remote place and, and they were getting hungry. And, and Jesus had compassion on, on the crowds. And it says in the text that he, he looked up and he, and he saw them and he felt compassion for the crowds. He, he wanted them to have something to eat. He, he wanted to meet their, their practical needs. 
And rather than just sending the crowds off to go into a neighbor town to buy their own food and to defend for themselves, he did something really special. Um, he, he had a boy there who was willing to, to sacrifice. He gave Jesus two fish and, and five loaves. And from this, Jesus started to multiply the fish and, and the bread. And his disciples started to hand out this fish and this bread. And miraculously, Jesus created these meals out of nothing, and everyone was able to be able to eat. And they had much more left over. And it's one of Jesus' greatest miracles, the, the feeding of the, the 5,000. And it was probably more than 5,000 because in the text it says 5,000 men. But that wasn't even counting women and children who were there um, in the crowd eating the food that, that Jesus had provided um, for them. So after they, they, they ate, um, they, they were filled up and they were very impressed by Jesus. And they started to, to clamor and they started to want Jesus to become their king. Um, We'll talk more about this in a minute, why this is, but Jesus had wanted nothing to do with that. He withdrew from the crowd. He found a place to be alone um, by himself, and by that time, it, it was night. So at least temporarily, they, they left him alone. He sent his disciples off across the lake again to go back to their home region near and around Capernaum. And he stayed back. He hung back by himself, and he, apparently he was praying. He was, he was up alone um, by himself up above the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of, of, of Galilee. And as the disciples were going across the lake, they got caught in a storm. And this was when Jesus, miraculously, this was another one of the great signs in John's gospel about who Jesus is. He miraculously walks out into the water and he says, it is I, it is, it is I am, do not be afraid. And they all made it safe and sound to the other side of, of the lake. When they woke up the next morning, the crowds noticed the disciples and Jesus, they're, they're nowhere to be found. And, and they're still in this mode that they want to crown Jesus their, their king. Um, they loved what Jesus could do for them. So some of them got in the boats and they took off and they're, they're looking for Jesus. And that's where we pick up this morning. That's where we pick up in our text um, this morning. Um, they're, they're coming um, coming to Jesus, um, and they're wondering, how did you get, get away uh, from us? And he finally gives them the reason why he got away, why he did not want to become their king, at least in the expectation that they had for him. And, and he says this, he said, truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life. There's a lot there. So Jesus said, you're looking for me because I fed 
your hungry bellies. And that felt good for you. But what you're missing is the signs. You didn't see the signs. All you saw was a miracle that you thought was pretty cool. All all you saw was the potential of a man to become your king who could give you food, who could give you services, who could probably give you political power over the Romans. All, All you saw was the exterior. All you saw was just the the physical need being met that Jesus says spoils and and goes away, that you're going to, after eating this bread, just going to get hungry again. You, You did not see what was really going on that Jesus said and called a, a sign. They did not see this for what God wanted it to be for them. Jesus isn't the kind of king that they were looking for. That's why they missed the sign. They missed the sign because all they saw was the means. They were not willing to see the goal. They were not willing to see the end who is Jesus Christ And Jesus is not that type of king. He won't be used by anyone, not even us, so they can get what they want. He, he isn't a means to an end. He is the end. He, he is the goal. For starters, they completely misread the miracles. They had seen the healings. They had seen Jesus provide the bread and the fish. The miracles weren't just there to meet felt needs. Those miracles were signs for anybody who has eyes to see about who Jesus really is. Yes, a king, but not a king like they were expecting. Not a king of this world, a king that God has sent, a a unique king. They believed Jesus was from God, but they only wanted to know what they had to do to get what they wanted. They were using Jesus. And this prompts this question, Jesus, what do we have to do to be doing the works of God. So, so in other words, what, what's the minimum amount that we have to perform for you in order for you to continue to give us the bread? In order for us to be sort of in with God, we want to know just some minimal things that, that we have to do. And once again, Jesus, no, told them, no, you've got it all wrong. And this is the works of God, that you believe 
in the one he has sent. It, it, it's not in us to get a right relationship with God through what we do, through just doing some of the minimal requirements of trying to be a good person, of, of trying to be religious. That's why Jesus said, no, you have it all wrong. You're, you're missing the point of the signs because all the signs, all these miracles, they're pointers to me. They're pointers to me. And if you want a right relationship with God, you need to recognize that your greatest need isn't physical. It's not in the bread. It's not social. It's not having a political king. It's me. It, it, it's spiritual. If you want to be right with God, if you want peace with God, believe in me, the one whom God has sent. Isn't that freeing to us? Isn't that freeing to know that a right relationship with God doesn't come through what we do, but through trusting in the one he has sent? It's through grace, it's by faith alone that we can be saved, that we can have a right relationship with God because he's already performed all that we have to do to be right with God. Only he doesn't make us do it. He's already lived a sinless life. He's already died our death on the cross and he's already risen from the grave. If we want to be right with God, all we have to do is believe in the one he has sent. And then Jesus goes on to make himself even more clear. He, he doubles down on what he was telling the crowds. That our, our emptiness will only be satisfied through him. Let's read verses 30 through 35 again and focus in there. What sign then are you going to do so we may see and believe, they ask. What are you going to perform? Do you notice what they did? They went from asking Jesus, what do we have to perform? What are the minimal requirements that we have to perform in order to be in with God? Hearing Jesus say, believe in me. Then they flip-flopped and said, now what are you going to perform? Okay, Jesus, if, if you're that important, if we have to place all of our hopes in you, then prove it to us. Prove it that you can deliver. And they go back into the Old Testament. Remember, it was around Passover time. And they bring up Moses. Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they remembered Moses. And they thought, well, Moses performed. He, he gave them manna. 
This was a flaky, bread-like substance that came down from the sky in the Old Testament when the Israelites were wandering around in the wilderness. And, and they said, well, well, Moses met the Israelites' needs. Why can't you do this for us, Jesus? We want to see some proof about what you're saying, if, if you're that important. Jesus gives them something even better than just another miracle. Jesus said to them, this is verse 32, Truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, Sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. No, Moses did not give you this bread, Jesus said. He gave you physical manna. But Moses could not meet your deepest spiritual hunger. That isn't going to come through multiplying fish and loaves and having your bellies full. That only comes through believing in the one he has sent, who happens to be the bread of life. If anyone comes to Jesus Christ, their spiritual hunger is no more. Doesn't mean that once you have Jesus, you stop seeking after Jesus to know Jesus. No, that, that really is just the beginning of hungering and thirsting for righteousness. You start to, to eat of who he is and enjoy him. But it does mean that when you have Jesus... The emptiness that was there before, that you were always trying to seek to feel, is no more. If anyone comes to him, they will hunger no more. Our spiritual hunger will only be filled in Jesus Christ himself, who refuses just to be the means to another goal that we may have. And so often we're like the people in the crowds. We, we come to Jesus wanting our, our bellies to be full, so to speak. We, we want our felt needs to be met. And, and Jesus, you're the one that, that can meet them. We just want this. We don't want so much you we just want some answers. We, we just want some structure. We just want a better marriage. We just want friends and better relationships and family values. We, we want to feel secure emotionally. We want direction on how to live our, our best life now, Jesus. And, and you're the means to get us there, Lord. Will you give us that, that bread again? Will you fill us up again? And we become just like the crowd. 
we miss the sign. We miss Jesus because he refuses to be just another means to another end because he is the end. He is the goal. He is the bread of life that we must eat of so that our spiritual needs can be satisfied. Peace with God only comes through believing in the one that God has sent to die for us on a cross, to rise again in our place. So often we miss the point of it all. So often we miss even the point of the Bible itself. It isn't that we would have our bellies full of good things that God may give us. Those are secondary. Live with good values, to be a stable, successful person, or to have the best family life possible. The point of it all is God himself being right with God himself through his son, Jesus Christ, the bread of life. The point of it all is knowing and worshiping Jesus Christ. And in him finding out that all we ever need and want, all of our spiritual hunger has been satisfied. And then it's through him that we learn how to live, that we learn some of the answers to the questions that we have about living a righteous life having the right values and structure and how to have a good godly family. But do you see the difference in all of this? The difference being either Jesus is just the means that you are using to reach some type of goal or felt need that you may have for yourself or he is the goal and everything else revolves around him he becomes the center of everything in your life and it's all because of the cross and this is important to understand because we can either live lives where we view God as in our debt. Jesus, I'll do X, Y, and Z for you. I'll do a few minimal things for you. And in return, Lord, make me right with you. Give me this. Or we can understand that Jesus gave it all for us. So there's nothing that God cannot ask of you and me. If it's all by God's grace, 
we're called to surrender it all for Jesus Christ. We can never earn this or deserve this. He's already paid it for us. Is that what you want today? I hope that it is. And if you already have that, Jesus Christ, I hope that you will double your efforts to love him and to seek him and to serve him today. I hope that you'll be one that is hungering and thirsting for him and his righteousness, eating the bread of life that has come down from heaven so that you could have a right relationship with God. Let's go to him in prayer. Lord, we love you. Please, Lord, help us to love you more. Help us to enjoy you. Help us to see you for who you really are. Help us never to be satisfied with using you to meet some type of goal that we may have for our life. Lord, for us, make yourself our goal. Make yourself our all in all, the bread of life, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Will you stand? And we worship the bread of life. And will you do whatever he's leading you to do today?